Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to Ryan's Rants and Raves. I'm with my dear friend Lisa Jansen, who is the owner of Fashion Express Vine. Lisa, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Well, thank you for having me, Ryan. It's my pleasure. I think we've been working together, has it been six years now? Oh. I think it has. Yeah. And, <laughs> I believe so. Which is great, but so... I guess to get started, so can you tell us a little bit about Fashion Express Spy and about yourself as well, how you got into the industry? How I got into the industry, I was always interested in fashion as a, a child, and I went to Boston College, majored in business, and some of the um, major retailers, I remember Gimbel's at the time, came to BC to interview people. And I took a couple of interviews, talked to them about their executive training program in fashion, and unfortunately didn't make any of those uh, rounds. Okay. Yes, yes. However, <laughs> however, my sister was living in New York at the time. So after graduation, I moved to New York and I applied to the executive training program at B. Altman, which was a beautiful old time department store on Fifth Avenue and 34th Street. And I was hired by them. And that was my first job in fashion. And the rest has been an interesting journey and history, uh, which leads me to today where I finally have my own company, uh, Fashion Express Buying, which is a buying office. Yes. Um, that term buying office is a little bit of an old time term. It's more a merchandising consulting service. And can you go on about like what is the benefits of a buying office? I think a lot of people here, like you said, somebody's, it's an older term, but What does that consulting service give your clients and why is it advantageous for them? Sure, sure. So I represent uh, roughly 50 better specialty stores around the country and one in Canada, actually. Oh, good. <laughs> and in Ottawa, Ontario. And um, I work with the stores and I work with my, uh, my brands as well. And since I represent this group of stores, I'm able to negotiate what I like to call incentives, mm -hmm. and they will often refer to as discounts, um, for my stores in order for them to be able to compete in the marketplace yeah. and help with their margins. And as small brick and mortar specialty stores, they have a lot of expenses that these margins, uh, better margins help to offset those. When I think also with these incentives, what's good is because someone, if they are by themselves, they can't negotiate that, but you bring volume to the potential vendor saying, since I have X amount of stores, you should give this incentive. That's exactly right. Because right. by itself, that store could, could never have a that preferred rate. Exactly, exactly. My roster of vendors that I do business with are hundreds. So when the stores at the end of a season or during their invoicing period go and add up their uh, discounts and their savings, okay their savings well and above cover the expense of what the buying office fee is to them. Well, and also beyond that, which you mentioned, some of the other advantages also include the trends, you know. Absolutely. You know, also maybe what vendor might have 
print ATS, if they need ATS in their store. That's um, absolutely right. So yes, seasonally, I will publish a trend report that I send out to the stores. And as you say, if they need something in season quickly, they need a fill in and on bottom. So they'll reach out to me and I'll be able to tell them, well, you can go to XYZ vendor. In addition to that, my brands will often reach out to me before they do others to let me know that they have off price available. And then I will let my stores know ASAP about the off price. And a lot of the stores jump on that, both in season and and end of season. And then during market, you could also guide them to which showroom is representing which brands, because that also is quite the maze in New York that changes. That's right. That's right. Um, Especially since COVID, a lot of the showrooms have closed and now, fortunately, are starting to reopen. But when my stores come in with some of them, it it depends on their needs. I will work out in the market with them and take them to the different showrooms and set up their schedule and recommend where to go for what they've told me they could use. Yes, I think that's that's a great asset. But you didn't mention COVID, so I do want to ask, how have your stores adapted to COVID or changed? Have you anything you want to mention there? Sure. Well, I really have started to dislike the word pivot because it was so <laughs> during COVID. But fortunately, most of my stores did pivot during COVID, and they learned how to use Zoom and other sources to order online and to see uh, collections and brands online. Also during COVID, many of them started to utilize social media. They were, some of them forced out of their comfort zone and have since embraced um, Instagram, as well as many had had or had been using Facebook, but not in the same ways they are using it now. They have continued to use Facebook, but are doing Facebook Lives and actually like selling on Facebook. So that was a big um, plus. And some of them also have continued with the curbside pickup and um, other things that they used during COVID to keep things moving. Oh, and, and I think just to go back to another benefit of buying offices because they could share those stories during your store meetings, I, met, I imagine. Because they could say, this is what's working for me on social media. And then the other stores would be like, okay, I'll try it. And helps them to get out of their comfort zone as well. That's right. That's right. And what we, so during COVID, we started a weekly Zoom call with all of the stores that wanted to attend. So they shared information on those Zoom calls with other retailers who are non-competing because all of the stores that I represent, we make sure that they are not in competing territories. And so it was comforting for them to hear that other people were going through what they were going through. And so what I've done is continue those Zoom calls on um, an every other week basis and send the invitation out on a Monday morning. And anyone who'd like to join uh, jumps on the Zoom call at 11 o'clock and they're quite lively and there's a (laughs) plethora of information shared during those calls. No, yeah, I think that's great. That's a that's something that's a positive that I think COVID has instilled that you'll continue to you know 
from this point forward. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, I do now. So do you think your store, since we're markets around the corner and some of us are in market, do you think they'll be going to the trade shows this here in New York? Have you seen a, vol- uh, a desire for them to, to do that? Absolutely. Um, some of my stores, like like anyone else, certain people had bigger fears of COVID than others. And so it took some stores a little while longer to have a comfort level with going back to the trade shows. But I feel as though now everyone is anxious to go. I mean, be, just because of the nature of our industry, where fashion, you want to touch and yeah. feel and see, it's so visual and tactile that uh, it's it's very appealing for them to start to go back to the trade shows. And But what kind of happened with some of the trade shows, these little uh, regional shows popped up in different areas so that the pattern of attendance at certain shows has changed its pattern. Um, And some of the stores, in order to save money, might, instead of going to a big regional show, might decide to go to a local show that's only one day or two days where they could either drive or take a train into those shows. So that uh, has changed the complexion of the trade shows a bit as well. Because it changes the cadence of like why they don't necessarily have to go to New York if they could go to somewhere in Massachusetts. That's right. Um, but for market, what trends have you been seeing or what trends do you like uh, that you've been catching on to recently? Well, Pantone just announced their yes, I saw, Pantone okay. color of the year, Viva Magenta. And we had kind of seen glimpses of why they might pick something in the pink family, because for the past year, pink has been exploding between all the fuchsias and the raspberries and even the pale pinks, the soft blushes. And so if you're a pink fan, you're in luck this coming (laughs) year. But additionally to color in trends, I would say... There's still a lot of long pleated skirts being shown, a lot of like macrame and crochets, and the crochets are kind of a nod to the 70s. Mm. Um, Still a lot of vegan leather and suede being shown, and even going forward into spring, they're still showing vegan leathers. So those are some of the few trends I see going forward. Oh, the trend in color and print. It's ubiquitous. When I walked the floor of Coterie in uh, in September, half of the entire floor was just a sea of colorful, happy, like vacation type <laughs> prints. So that started last spring and it is continuing with a vengeance for this spring. So that's, yeah, we'll be seeing a lot of color and print again this spring and summer. I could see why if you're traveling that you want to have the color. Absolutely. So I, I do hope that's or even if you're not traveling, I think it makes you feel like you're on vacation yeah. when you wear those. And that's I think they aspire to that, perhaps. <laughs> I think everyone aspires to that. Yes. So um no, I the the name of the podcast is Rants and Raves. Do you have anything you want to rant or rave about? There is one rant that I have, and I don't typically like to rant about anything, but I do kind of have a bug in my bonnet about the fact that 
more and more vendors because they're doing more and more business online are reducing the prices and going off price online prior to sometimes even shipping specialty stores their initial order. And so my stores will occasionally call me and say, so-and-so had this online at a, a price that they were retailing it at, and my cost price was about what they're retailing it at. So uh, there's been some issues with that uh, brands cutting price online wow. way too early or too early if they plan to have any kind of a decent specialty store base as a business. Well, that's interesting because, you know, you have maps set up to protect the vendors, but you don't necessarily have something set up to support the smaller retailers. Because if that's not retailer were to put it on the price, that's way below that didn't follow math for that. That's correct. That's correct. Which is why it's so important for the retailers to seek out brands that cater to specialty stores. Yeah. It's not always easy to find, but um, but there are those brands out there. And there's some good brands. And, you know, I do know there's some brands from Quebec that do that, like, Absolutely. There are quite a few brands from Quebec, excuse me, that um, specialize in that. If you'd like to say the brands you like from Quebec. I would love to because I actually love all of these brands that I'm going to make mention of from Quebec. Um, And Made in Italy is one. Yeah. Samuel Dong, he's been designing for a long time, but his uh, social occasion dresses have exploded in the last year since people are going back to weddings and they continue to be very valid his signature bubble dress um let's see some bottoms lines up and i love tyler madison both two great lines and then lizette l one of my personal favorites fits me like a glove um mitchie's matchings for all uh, furs and cold weather accessories he's a master in that Lola jeans for kind of contemporary uh, crossover denim. And then, of course, Frank Lyman and Joseph Ripkoff, which I would have to say probably 80% of my stores buy one or the other of those collections. They do a superb job when it comes to social occasion dressing and just coordinated sportswear. And the quality is always excellent. Uh, That is one thing I would like to speak to the Quebec brands and Canadian brands seemingly in general that the quality is first and foremost when it comes to those brands. Well, I think the quality, much mentioned earlier, a lot of those on those lists, like really their business is really specialty stores. That's correct. And that their business does not include any major. So then they're they're really... They're not on Amazon either, so it, it is really to help the specialty stores grow. So I think that's that's great, which is not an easy task, you know. I know uh, that. <laughs> I know because they can't get the volume. However, yeah. when a vendor ship, ships a department store, it's technically, as they say, on wheels. Yeah. So how much money are they actually making when they, after all the chargebacks and everything else that the major stores demand back? Oh, and also a co-op program, if they have that with them, which many might ask for that co-op program. Right. Absolutely. That's also the money that they have to spend. That's a big investment. So That's right. That's um, right. So you can invest that money with the customer service because you probably need more customer service and you do more specialty stores, but then you can invest that elsewhere and then 
I was assuming the special store is more loyal. If it if there's a good sell through, they'll probably. That is correct. Most likely come back. They do tend to be loyal and very hands on with their business. Um, now to end, I always like to ask my guests for advice to the industry. Do you have to to anyone in general? But do you have any advice to those that? designers or anyone in the industry in general? Well, I would say a very in general comment would be to kind of listen to what they're saying about what's happening in the economy and the world. And, you know, with the recession and the supply chain issues, however, try to stay positive despite any kind of negativity you hear. And look forward, stay focused, but really kind of stay positive and try to block out the negativity that you might be hearing out there. Yeah. Because we made it through COVID. (laughs) I am completely optimistic that no matter what comes our way going forward, um, the specialty stores will continue to thrive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And COVID, yeah, for any business was, if you could make it through that, you can make it through it. Much, much worse. That's right. Um, All right. Well, thank you, Lisa. I always appreciate being with you. So thank you again for your time. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. À très bientôt.